0: welcome to the city hills church sermon podcast we hope that the message today helped you encounter god love people and discover purpose for more information about who we are as a church head over to cityhillschurchsd.com if you would like to partner with us financially click the give button at the top of the homepage on our website and now let's jump right into the message So we've made it to our final week of our Fruitology series. And let's be real. I mean, some of the things that we've covered, some of the things that we've talked about, we can get on board with it. Love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. All those things feel really good and, and things we want to strive for. But let's just be honest. When we get to our first fruit today, gentleness, it doesn't inspire a whole lot of like, energy and like, yeah, gentleness, right? I, I think for most of us, we like the idea of being called gentle or or having that gift, that fruit of gentleness. But at the same time, there's another part of us that kind of feels like we're in an Olin Mills portrait where we're like laid out on sheep's wool, taking pictures in like a diaper. Like gentleness feels... I don't know about gentleness. And gentleness, honestly, it gets a really bad rap. It's, it's one of those things that I think many times we equate with someone who's easily run over, upon, someone who's used, someone who gets manipulated, someone who everybody just kind of uses and they're just like, oh, of course, I'll do whatever you want. And we equate gentleness with weakness. But when we look at Jesus and we look at his life we realize that gentleness according to him is completely different than all of that it's the complete opposite actually look at this on the screen gentleness is a quiet confidence that God is in control this quiet confidence of understanding who really has the upper hand. If you're like a comic book or a Marvel fan or a DC fan, it's kind of that moment when like these punk kids come running up on Bruce Wayne in an alleyway, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna take this rich dude's money." And there's just that like smirk at the uh, at the camera, like you know what's about to go down, and he just puts a whooping on him, right? There's that that smirk is that quiet confidence of understanding who has the upper hand, and I wonder how many times we missed. The fact that gentleness is not being upon Gentleness is not weakness. Gentleness is not something that should be frowned upon. Gentleness is this calm, humble confidence that God is absolutely in control. And that I, because I am a son and I'm a daughter of God, I have the authority that no one can even imagine understand gentleness comes from that the ability to to respond with gentleness comes from the confidence of knowing who is in control look at this truth our ability to produce gentleness in our life comes from a place of understanding where our strength comes from our strength doesn't come from ourselves We don't have to flex our muscles. We don't have to be over the top. We don't have to have this bravado, right? Like if you ever met that person that walks in the room and they just have to have all the attention. They're the loudest talker. They're the loudest laugher. They just need everyone to see and feel their presence. But then there's also that person who's quietly in control, who's quietly a leader who's quietly probably the most brilliant person in the room but they don't have to have their head swollen so big that no one else can see anything no one else could see them you've you've experienced people like this right they walk in the room and it's like all of the oxygen is taken away they have to have it all and Jesus was the opposite Jesus showed us that his gentleness was not something that demanded to be seen. It was just his quiet leadership and his ability to handle situations in a way that was so remarkable. And we're gonna see a story in just a little bit of that. But it also speaks to our final fruit of self-control. It's this ability to not feel the need to freak out. This ability to not need to panic, not to, ooh, I'm going to go crazy, right? It it speaks to this ability to quietly and confidently trust in God. The big idea today, the the lens through which I want you to see all of our scripture today and and what we talk about is this truth right here. Gentleness and self-control are virtues that we reflect. It's virtues that we reflect. And when you think about that word reflect, that's a big deal, and we're gonna talk about that a lot here today. And you know, in this talk, we could could talk about three ways for you to become more gentle. We could talk about four ways for you to have more self-control. But honestly, I think there's a root issue that's so much deeper that stems to why maybe you and I struggle with gentleness and self-control. And the root is this, our struggle stems from who or what we are reflecting. It stems from who or what we are reflecting. James, the brother of Jesus, he talks about this. And and we probably are familiar with the first verse that we're going to read today. But I think there's a huge section there that we don't really talk about a lot. That I think James does this incredible job of explaining what it means to have a life that reflects God, a life that reflects God's word. So check it out with me, James 1, starting in verse 22. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self-deception. That's good, that's strong. So always let his word become a poetry, like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen, this is the part that I think we miss a lot of times. Verse 23. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like a person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But... Those who gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessings in all they do. The New Living Translation says that first verse that we all probably are familiar when you hear it this way Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. But I love, I love. How James continues on because let's just be honest for a second have you ever been in church and you just hear something and you're like "Ooh, man that was good man I needed to hear that today I don't I mean I don't know what just happened but he he just read my mail he knew exactly what I was dealing with how did he say that how did he know Whoa, that was that was really good that was really good. Maybe you cry a little bit and it's this moment and you come up and you're like, I needed to hear that today. It was so good. But then Monday morning, you forget that whole experience and you forget everything that you heard on Sunday and you just go about doing life the same way you've always been doing it. We've all been there. Like, there's no judgment. We've all been there. I can tell you that there's been so many moments in my life or I've heard something clearly from God through a message through something that I read and it's like, "Oh man, that's really good." But the very next day I don't live it out. James is communicating to us, that's the essence of self-deception. That's the essence Of seeing what God thinks about you, seeing what God feels about you, seeing what God wants you to do with your life, how he wants you to live it out, how he exposes the areas of your heart, of your life, of your mind, where he's trying to help you. And we see it in the mirror of his word, but then we walk away and act as if we didn't see it at all. We don't reflect what God has shown us through his word, you know, it's it's far easier in our life for whatever reason, however our our minds are wired, it's far easier to remember the bad than it is the good. And I'm not gonna meddle too much in your your marriage. I'm just gonna I'm not gonna go in there. I'm not gonna step into that. But how many of you can honestly admit? You don't have to raise your hand in your living room today. But I'm just saying, how many of you can admit? that it's far easier to remember the things that your spouse has done wrong than it is to remember the multiple, multiple times they've encouraged you. It's far easier to, to remember those painful words said in a fight than it is to remember the sweet nothings that were whispered to you two nights before, right? It, I don't know why our minds are like that. It's It's way easier for you to remember how mean your second grade teacher was to you, but somehow you can't even remember what you ate for lunch yesterday. There's just something about we hold on to the negative. And part of that is the enemy of our soul, the enemy of our purpose. He wants us to dwell on the negative and forget the good. And I think so many times what happens is, is we hear from God. We, we want to reflect what God has shown us through his word, but we, we hold on to the guilt. We hold on to the shame, but we don't hold on to the truth that he's presented us. And I just wonder how different our lives would be if we allowed the reflection that's in God's word to actually change the way that we live, that we wouldn't just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers of it. Before we know it, what happens a lot of times is we hear from God, we feel something in a moment, we're challenged in a message, we're challenged from a scripture. Uh, but we we just kind of allow life to go on and go, that was good, but you know, I've got a lot of things going on, and there's a lot of things I have to focus on, and there's I just got busy and I lose track of it. And what happens, I think, a lot of times is either we allow the guilt, the shame, or just the busyness of our life to make us put away the mirror. That's what James was reminding us. He's like, hey, some of you, you're looking in the the reflection. You're, You're seeing God speak back to you. You're seeing what you need to change. But you are not only are you just walking away and not doing anything with it, but you're walking away and you're like, I don't want to look in that mirror anymore. It's too uncomfortable. It's too challenging. It's more than I want to deal with. It reminds me of our youngest daughter, Audrey. I don't know what it is. She is definitely a wild sleeper, and she's got curly hair like I do as well. But every single morning that she wakes up, she looks like she's been clubbing all night. And she just rolled in at sunset. I mean, her hair is just like, it, it's just all over the place. Her eyes are all closed and squinty. Her voice is raspy. I mean, she looks, she, she, she's cute. She's as cute as could be. Look, she's beautiful. But she, she looks like uh, she's had a long night. I don't know what happened last night, but it's been a long night night and inevitably when we talked to her like hey sweetie we gotta we gotta get ready for school we need to get dressed we need to brush your hair brush your teeth and she's like i'm good i'm ready and it's like boo boo you haven't looked in the mirror to see what's going on all right here we ain't going anywhere with you looking like that like you 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 need a little bit we say it in love, of course, but you, you need a little bit of a comb, some water, a little splash on the face, a little something. You, you've got to get it back together. But she doesn't see the mirror. She's not looking in the mirror. She's just like, whatever, I'm awake. Let's go. I ain't worried about nobody. Let's just move forward. But real talk. I wonder how many of us God is saying to us, boo-boo. It's been a minute since you've looked in the mirror of my word. It's been a minute since you've looked at your reflection and what I've called you to. It's been a minute since you've looked in my word and allowed me to really speak into your heart. Speak into who you're becoming. Speak into the way that you're carrying yourself with, is it with gentleness and self-control or is it with flying off the handle and a whole lot of freak out i wonder how many of us god is going hey sweetie i think it's time for you to look back in the word because the reflection that you're giving off to everybody else is not the reflection that's coming from my word and i want to see you present the best. It's not about your image. It's not about making sure your eyeliner is straight. It's not about your status in life. It's not about anything like that. We've talked about these virtues. When we reflect on God's word, when we allow the mirror of his word to show us what's going on on the inside and we actually work on those things, we put a comb through some of those things in our life, Our lives begin to produce these virtues we've been talking about for the last few weeks. And that's what God is trying to say to some of us today. Hey, you you stopped looking at the mirror a long time ago. Not the mirror in the bathroom, but the mirror of my word that will speak into you. This This is why... All of the time, us pastors are, are trying to communicate to you the importance of that daily time with the Lord because we don't drift towards health, right? When I go to the pantry, I don't drift towards celery. I drift towards the Jojos. Like, that's what my, my body is craving, not celery, because celery is gross. It's important for us to understand It isn't some legalistic ritual thing that that we're always trying to say, hey, guys, you really want some time with God. It's because he wants to speak into you to show you your reflection so that he can help you become even better. But let's be real. Sometimes we don't always want that feedback. We don't want to see our reflection. We know something's off. We know our hair is crazy and, and, you know, our voice is a little raspy. We know there's some work to do. And we're not really ready to do that. See, for me, I, I'm, I'm kind of a weird guy when it comes to my job. I, I've always been that strange person that like, I, I thrive and I crave feedback. Like, I really want to know. I want to know that I'm doing a good job. I want to know that not only am I meeting the goal, but am I exceeding it? It, Part of it is just like this internal need to make sure that I'm doing well, this achievement-driven thing in me. I'm not a people pleaser at all. It's not... It's not for words of affirmation from people. It's just, I need to know that I am accomplishing and achieving the goals that are set there. And so I'm oftentimes looking for that feedback. And so one of the things that I've gotten to do in, in several different areas of my life is uh, a lot of these like, really in-depth personality tests. Like I've done strength finders and I've done all kinds of versions of the DISC Uh, personality test. I've done uh, the Enneagram, like I'm an Enneagram three. I am the definition of an achiever. It's just how I'm wired. It's just all of these different things. And so I've I've gotten to do a lot of these really cool personality tests and learn more about myself. And for me, it's really fun because I love to get that feedback. And so just recently I was working on a big project with some leaders uh, around the country and, and around our kind of our area and i got to do another one of these things and it was it was really really cool but sometimes i don't really like the feedback that comes back it's it's a little uncomfortable and and a little bit like whoa whoa wait a minute and so the one that i just did it was a really in-depth one and so some of my results came back like this you know danny makes Quick decisions. He loves working with a team. He's great at solving problems. He loves the interaction with people. He wants people to be involved. I'm like, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, I like this. This feels good. But then there was this Danny believes rules exist to serve rather than to be followed by him. I'm like, well, first of all, that's probably a problem because I. I think I'm supposed to be a pastor, so, like, I should be all about following rules, right? Danny believes rules exist to serve rather than to actually be followed by him. And second of all, I'm like, hey, bro, you can't be putting my information out there like that. Like, there's leaders around looking at this, and they're going to be able to read this, too. It's you know what? I just can't help it. It's my pirate blood. I told you guys I have pirate blood from way back in the day. It's just I I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. But I get that feedback and it's a challenge. It's like, I mean, I guess I can kind of see that. But it's important for me to see that reflection. It's important to understand that part of my personality. It's important for me to see how I handle certain situations so that I can grow. We talked about it last week with with our oldest daughter having the growing pains. And it's like, no, I don't like the pain. I want it to stop. But it's like, no, it's actually good. It's It's your bones growing. When we get feedback from God, when we get that reflection from his word, it's giving us the opportunity to stretch and to grow and to understand the areas that we need to work on, but also the areas where God has uniquely wired us. And I just wonder how many times we run away from God's feedback because we just don't want to hear anything at all. So look at this challenge on the screen. What is God's word exposing about you right now that you don't want to own? What is God challenging you with? What have you been hearing in his word? What have you been hearing from these messages? What has he been speaking to you and challenging you with and going, hey, here's the true reflection of what's going on on the inside of your life. What is God challenging you with? that maybe you're running away from it. Maybe you're like, God, I I hear you, but I don't feel like dealing with that right now. How many times over the last three, four, five months have you run away from the mirror because you're not ready to deal with what's going on on the inside? I think this is really important for us because I think many times we aren't looking to be more like Jesus we're looking to be a more right version of ourself. We're not trying to look like Jesus. We, we just want to be right and we want to be heard and we want to be seen and we want to be felt. And we just want people to recognize that. But Jesus is saying, hey, the whole point of this relationship is for your reflection to begin to look more and more like mine. Right? That's what Jesus is saying to us. I want your reflection to look more like me, that we're becoming more like Jesus and less like ourselves. Because as we become more and more like Jesus, we, come, we become the best version of who he's created us to be. But we live in a day and an age where it's all about our rightness. But look at what James says. He continues in verse 26. If someone believes they have a relationship with God, but fails to guard his words, then his heart is drifting away and his religion is shallow and empty. That's strong, guys. If someone believes they have a relationship with God, they feel like we're connected. Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I I, I go all the time. Yeah, I've read my Bible. Yeah, I know that scripture. I, I memorized that verse, but... We fail to guard our words. We fail to live with gentleness. We fail to live with self-control. We just fly off the handle and say what we want and do what we want and act how we want. His heart is drifting away and his religion, not relationship, religion is shallow and empty. I feel like in our world today, in our culture, Everyone is banging the table about how right they are. I'm, I'm right about this. I'm on the right side of history. I'm on the right side of this situation. I'm on the right side of this political agenda. I am on the right side of what God feels about this. And we're banging the table about how right we are. And I wonder how many times Jesus is going, when's the last time you've been in the presence of the one who is truly righteous? When's the last time the one who is truly right, the one who is truly all knowing, the one who's already written a book, when is the last time we looked in the mirror of what he says and what he desires? I I just wonder if we get so caught up in our rightness that we don't evaluate who we are reflecting. Are we reflecting Jesus? Are we just reflecting some version of what we believe is truth, what we believe is right, what our favorite news source, what our favorite friend group, what our favorite Facebook party is saying? Who or what are we actually reflecting? Jesus ran into. A situation just like this and it's a familiar story but i think when we think about it in this context it's it's really helpful and we'll look at it really quickly it's in john 8 3 through 11. it says this as he was speaking the teachers of religious law and the pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery and we've talked about this before i mean this is caught caught is an important word there not like the rumor has it no it was like caught caught In the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, fine. I'll answer you. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone." Then he stooped down again and he rode in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said, and Jesus said, neither do I. But this is important, go and sin no more. This was a brutal test for Jesus. We've read this scripture before, but think about it in this context. This was a brutal test. Hey, Jesus, are you willing to condone the murder of this woman because of her sin? Or are you going to be merciful here and disrespect the law that came down from Moses? Go ahead, Jesus. Figure out which one you're going to answer. And the, the Pharisees, they're going... We got you. We got you. There's no way you can win out of this. But Jesus. But Jesus. And only the way that he can figures out the perfect way to navigate the situation. And I just, I just wonder how many times Jesus would look at us like he looked at them and says, Do you want to be right or do you want to be like me? Do you want to be a person of virtue? Do you want to have your reflection, look like me as Jesus? Do you want to, to see yourself the way that God sees you? Or do you just want to do things your own way? Do you want to be the judge? I, I don't think you want to sit in that seat. I, I heard a pastor just recently say this. We are not equipped to be the judgers. We're just not. We're not holy enough. We're not righteous enough. We're not rightness enough. We're not on the right side of history enough. We're not whatever you want to say. We are not built to be the judge. Yet for some reason, we feel like we can throw gentleness and self-control and love and and patience and peace. We can throw all that to the side and we get to sit on the throne of judging. And I wonder if Jesus would look at us and say, Do you want to be right or do you want to be like me? What our responsibility is mercy, it's forgiveness, it's pointing people back to Jesus, not pointing them to how right we are. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to a young man named Titus about this very thing. Listen to what he says in this short verse as we're wrapping up today. Titus 1, 15 and 16. Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and their consciences are corrupted. Look at this, this is important. Such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable, disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. Everybody thinks that we would like Paul I don't think we would like Paul. He was brutal. Like, that's rough. That is intense. But it's important. People claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. And guys, as as we wrap up today, I just, I wonder how much God is challenging you to go back to his word. To go back and check your reflection. To go back and say, Jesus, am am I mirroring, am I reflecting your gentleness? Am I mirroring, am I reflecting your self-control? Am I reflecting your love? Am I reflecting your grace? Or am I reflecting some version, twisted idea about myself that gives me the right to go around just bashing people over the head whenever I feel like it? I I think so many times we miss out on this quiet confidence that Jesus had in this moment. He was faced with an impossible question. There's no reason he should have gotten out of this. But with gentleness, with self-control, without flying off the handle, without calling them out, without being over the top and going you know what i'm the one who wrote all these things i'm the one who's right jesus quietly understood that god had everything in control and he said hey you who've never sinned by all means execute the law if you're so good and you're so holy and you're so capable of being the judge in this situation And for some of you, it isn't judgment. For some of you, it isn't the way that you are attacking people or the way that you're dealing with people or the way you're viewing people. It just has to do with this urgency and this wound up anxiety that you live with. And I think God would challenge you today and say, hey, the gentleness and the self-control, it stems from this quiet confidence that I am in control. Do you trust me? And the only way for us to trust him, the only way for us to grow in this, the only way for us to live out these virtues that we've talked about for the last four weeks is for us to humble ourselves and check our reflection in his word. To be doers of the word, not just hearers. Not just go, oh God, That was a good message for me today. I really felt that, that was really challenging. But then actually do something with it, right? Again, this isn't judgment, this is me too. There's so many times that what I'm sharing with you is things that God is dealing with me about too. And I'm going, okay, I'm gonna present this, but you know, God, I gotta work on this too, right? Like, that's okay. This is the overflow of what God is sharing with me, myself and i just wonder how many times we miss out on living these virtues living these fruits of the spirit living out how we have been called to live because we've put away the mirror of god's word and no longer are we reflecting him no longer are we reflecting who he's called us to be but we're reflecting some jacked up version of ourselves of our understanding of the truth, of what we feel about ourselves, what other people say about us. And the reflection we're giving off is not reflecting Jesus, but it's just reflecting our flaws. And Jesus is saying, I've got the answer for you right here. Will you trust me? Let's close with this challenge. Who or what Are you reflecting with your life? Who or what are you reflecting? Is it your fears, your insecurity, your anxiety, the words someone spoke over you, the challenge that you're having in your marriage, challenge that you're having in your family? Who or what are you reflecting? Is it Jesus? Is it the mirror of God's Word? Is it the execution of what he's calling you to do and who he's calling you to be? Who or what are you reflecting? And I believe that as we lean into this and, and allow God to be who we're reflecting, to allow Jesus to be who we're reflecting, our lives will start to pour out these virtues like we've never seen them before. Our lives will be marked by love, and joy, and peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We're not striving to be these things, we're becoming them because we're allowing the reflection of God's word to change who we are on the inside. Let's pray. Jesus, I've always loved how you just handled yourself in that story of the woman caught in adultery. I love that you didn't fly off the handle. You didn't try to show your dominance and and show your might and try to take up all the oxygen in the room and, and prove that you don't deserve to be tested. I love that you quietly and gently and in control, just presented the truth of the moment. That those men in that situation weren't reflecting your word, but they were just reflecting their own judgment. So, God, I pray that you would you would challenge us, that you would speak to us. Over the last few weeks, God, you've you've given us these virtues to look at and to to mirror and and evaluate our lives up against to say, God, are we living in love and joy and peace and patience? Kind of. Are we, are we doing these things? Are we living this out? Are we becoming those virtues? Or are we just striving to try to do them, but we're trying to do them without you? So God, I pray today that you would give us the courage to look in the mirror of your word, that we wouldn't hear these words and walk away and forget them. We wouldn't hear these words and put the mirror back on the bookshelf, put the mirror back in the closet, put the mirror back in the drawer and just go, ah, that's, that's good, but I just don't have time for that. God, let the reflection that you shine onto us, that shines light into the darkest areas of our heart and our minds, God, help us to have the courage to be doers of your word, not just hearers. That as we do that, God, our lives will show and reflect you. God, we love you and we thank you. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.